Hi, I'm Harley Quinn Smith. Starting on May 9th, the minute I leave for school, my parents will host an internet radio show. Isn't that weird? This is going to be more embarrassing than Jersey Girl. Listen this morning with Jen and Kev weekdays at 8 a.m. only on Sir at Smodcast.com. Please. <laughs> that was it. Not. <laughs>
uh, Chicago, Illinois at the Harris Theater. We were just there for Red State as well. 8 p.m. You guys have had these shows in your ears for years, man. Now stick them in your eyes. Come out and see us, man. All information available at csmod.com. Hey there, ladies and germs. Matt Cohen here. And if you're like me, you like to keep abreast of all the cool and hip things happening with, you know, the kids in society. And today, if you look on the internet or if you browse through a periodical, you'll see stuff like uh, WikiLeaks, very, very, very hot, Miley Cyrus, everyone knows who she is, and Charlie Sheen. Well, I'll tell you what's cooler than all three of those things combined, Golden Apple Comics. That's right, Golden Apple Comics, serving the Hollywood area for over 25 years. They're located on Melrose Avenue in the heart of all things Hollywood. You can check them out at goldenapplecomics.com. And let me tell you why they're so cool, folks. They got everything. They got comic books. They got t-shirts. They got action figures. Um, They have crazy exclusive events. They sponsor this little podcast. So, you know, kudos to them. Uh, and, and here's why they're better than Charlie Sheen. They don't hit women. You know what I mean? Well, some, of the character, uh, some of the characters in the store hit women, but those women have superpowers and are evil. So... It, it's allowed. I mean, some of them don't have superpowers, like Harley Quinn or whatever. She's just evil. Eh, you know, that's a questionable. Maybe Batman hits women, now that I think about that. Maybe Batman does hit women. You know what you should do? You should go to Golden Apple Comics or GoldenAppleComics.com, buy yourself some Bat books, and do a little bit of Sherlocking for yourself. Find out if Batman is a horrible, horrible, misogynistic uh, woman beater or... Those gals deserved it. Um, this was a weird place to go with this commercial. We don't condone anything like that. We only condone fun and comic books and Golden Apple comics. And that's where you should be headed right now before I say something else incredibly offensive. Which will happen if I'm given enough time on a microphone without the words in front of me, which is what's going on right now. GoldenAppleComics.com. Check them out. Don't be a Charlie Sheen. Be a Batman. Maybe. The word is still out on that guy. Golden Apple Comics. I am a green that Oliver Queen. Hey, hey, I'm watching Manhunter. Hey, I'm a lover of me. I will be in your own room. I'll open your screen. I love the BPRD. There's no creepy geek. I got a pool drawer at the comic book store. I got a discount. Then I want Alan Moore. All the work with the mouth. That's what I'm all about. More green. That's one thing. I'm gonna play and geek out. I love bags and boards because I'm a fucking dog. I like bags and boards because I'm what's going on ladies and gentlemen welcome to bagged and boarded here live at the smart castle how's everybody doing tonight yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, this is the fucking 100th episode of this podcast. Can you guys believe that? I haven't done a few things in my life 100 times. Okay, let's do a list. I've jerked off more than 100 times easily, like in the past fortnight, if you want to go all <laughs> fancy with it. Um, I've smoked weed 100 times. Let's do that. I don't think I've rode a roller coaster 100 times, so now like this podcast beats my roller coaster experience. That's insane. I could start a theme park about this podcast now, theoretically based on that logic. Um, a hundred episodes also means if the average episode is like a hundred and, th- hundred and thirty minutes, that's not true. An hour and a half, that means there's like, I'm really bad at math, four months worth of bagged and boarded you could listen to? Nonstop? Is that right? 
Jesse, back me up. Yeah, man, right? That's a lot of fucking bagged and boarded. Here's what else you could do with that. You could open up a business for four months and call it the bagged and boarded store. Charge people a couple dollars, they come in, and you have every episode starting from one to 100 just playing in succession. And then you close down and you fucking burn it and you get the insurance money. Like in Goodfellas. Just don't tell anyone I told you. Um, but nah, 100 episodes. When me and uh, Jesse Rivers, who couldn't be here tonight because he lives in Alabama... A and B is incredibly boring, as we all, as we all learned through the course of this show. So he couldn't be here for two reasons. Uh, when we started this show, I never thought, I, I never thought we would do ten fucking episodes. I, I, uh, it was kind of a whim. We were working together at a, um, production company. We used to chat about geeky shit all day. And I was like, dude, add a microphone into this equation. And in a couple of years from now, we'll have north of 3,000 Twitter followers, my friend. That's the fucking master plan. And your OK Cupid will be blowing up. You know what I mean? Don't check on that because I'm lying. But I, I like to fluff myself up. Uh, no, so we, I never thought the show would, would go where it went. And then we went from Fred Entertainment, which was amazing, to the Smodcast Network, which was a dream I never thought would happen. And, and got to perform live for you folks at the Smodcastle. And, and it's, been, it's been a really, really fun couple years. And I hope... The future is even brighter. I hope there are hoverboards. If, if Marty McFly taught us anything, there's one thing I need in the future, hoverboard. I don't even care if Biff is fucking president. Hoverboards are dope. Um, yeah, exactly, man. All I need in life is a hoverboard and a roast beef sandwich. I've said that many times. But episode 100, uh, I, I'm proud, I'm proud to, uh, I'm proud to say that, um, thank you, thank you guys for, for letting it happen. You know, it's, it's due to the listeners that we exist. Otherwise, I would do this show without a microphone, which I was doing for the first 22 years of my life. It was a little creepier, but I think funnier. I held back less, you know what I mean? I really knew my audience. No, but 100 episodes, I feel like this is my, my coronation, as it were, or, or like my quinceanera. I just need like a really flowery pink dress and like a dude in like a white tuxedo next to me. But for that reason alone, I feel like, you know what, man? It's like the day of my daughter's wedding. I should get a wish. I think that's how that works. I'm Jewish. So I've only saw The Godfather once and I was like, not enough Jews in this movie. The Jew father, I'm down for someone make it in the audience. And then like years later when it wins an Oscar, you can thank me. A little tear. No, so I thought it's episode 100. Um... And I just want to have fun. I want, I want, uh, if this can of indiscriminate, uh, non-sponsored soda is a magic genie, I want to make a wish. Magic genie, I just want to talk about geek shit for, for a while. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome someone I couldn't be, uh, prouder and happier to just talk geek shit with about that wasn't an English sentence, but we'll work on it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, you know him, you love him, Mr. Ralph Garman. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you guys doing tonight? Back back where it all began, right? I was going to say, it's like homecoming. It's like my high school reunion. You, you're like, if the Beatles, you're like, um, you just played Shea Stadium, and then fucking Doc Brown pulled up in a DeLorean and was like, right. let's go to the Cavern Club, and you, you jumped right You have back. to go back to the Smart Castle, Ralph. <laughs> Your kid's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. We're saving the future tonight, man. No, thanks for having me. This is uh, this is nice way to say uh, goodbye to the Smodcast. Yeah, where it man. all started. Uh, it's where it's where we all got our start. Absolutely. You're Smodcastle's Ralph Garman. I'm Smodcastle's Matt Cohen. That's right. Smodcastle's Kevin Smith. Everybody. Congratulations on a hundred episodes. Thank you, sir. That's quite an achievement. We've done uh, Hollywood Babylon. I don't know if anybody listens to Hollywood Babylon. Yeah. 
Kevin Smith and I uh, do our little show, and I think we've only done 30, 31, something like that. So we got a ways to go to catch up to catch you. Catch up, so. man. Yeah. It's a lot and, then, of work. and then I can come on your 100th episode. Nope. No. <laughs> that's not how that works. No, no. Pod- that's... Podcast math. Nope. Um, Sorry, it doesn't work that way. Damn no. it. Damn it all. But you've, you, uh, fuck a hundred, sir. You've been on the radio for, for, for quite some time now, haven't About you? About a dozen years. I've been doing the morning show here in Los Angeles on KROQ. And, uh, they'd never let me geek out. And that's why I remember you always, you saying that, that they, they instantly, Kevin and Bean and all the gang instantly kind of fucking make fun of you, right? We did a, we did a bit just today. We were giving away, uh, Thor tickets for the premiere of Thor. And I said, let's, these are hot tickets, you know, for the red carpet world premiere. Let's put something together, a game or something that we can give out to, you know, hardcore comic fans. And they're like, oh no, nobody wants to hear that shit. And I was like, you guys are idiots. You don't have any idea how much of your audience listens to uh to Babylon and to Bagged and Boarded and reads comic books. More people know about Thor coming out than they know what's going on in Libya right exactly. now. Exactly. Myself yes. included. Yes. Not an idea what Libya is, but I'm psyched for fucking Thor. That's the way to clean up fucking Libya, quite frankly. Send Thor over there. Absolutely. Bring that hammer down on... This is called Midgard now. We'll be taking a... Bring that <laughs> hammer down on Gaddafi and we'll that should be, be over. <laughs> But, but then he'll be, so he'll we did like, a game today, and they were all cheesed up because you know I, I did. Uh, it was simple too. It was like I, I gave you the secret identity; you had to give me the hero. Oh, give me give me an example. It's, For example, uh, Clint Barton, Eat Hawkeye, easy, right, exactly. So they were like, "This." See, stuff. I just wanted to prove. Yeah, right. You got one tickets. Had you been listening 50 today? Fifty kinds of laid. Not so. Uh, I would have accepted Ronan, even for God's sake. I mean, any. Of all them. right, that yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but. They said it's you know it's too obscure. People don't care, and the phones blew up, and everyone had a good time. So it turns out we're right and they're wrong. And that's what I think, dude. Even growing up, there, there, and, and that's why I, I dig the whole kind of new internet, new media thing, all the podcasts. Like, there are, there are kids who want nothing more to brag about that they know fucking Hawkeye's real name, myself included. Yes. Like, I used to quiz my mom growing up. I'd be like, Steve Rogers. She'd be like, Captain fucking America. Can you ever get a girlfriend? I'll be like, no. Eddie Brock, like, keep the game going. You know what I mean? Don't sidetrack me with this grandchildren shit. I used to make up quizzes for my friends. I would literally I, write them up. Me too, man, yeah. And then I would have my dad take them to work and Xerox them back in the days when there was a Xerox machine. And uh, he would bring them home, and the next day I would sit all my friends down, I'd pass them out like we were in a fucking comic book classroom, and you had to draw the line from the, like, the superhero to his secret identity. <laughs> there was like a connect the dots. See, it I, was like highlights for nerds magazine, basically. I did the same thing, but my problem was I had no friends. I had a little brother who wasn't into geeky shit, so we'd get like 17 questions into my Star Wars test, and he'd be like, I don't know who fucking Luke Sky guy is. Leave me alone. I, well, I hope you kick the shit out of your brother. I, no, he had, he had other interests. Yeah. He wasn't, not really a geek. Um, but absolutely, man, I grew up, I grew up wanting to talk to people about this shit and no one caring, including my parents, my friends, my teachers. So I'm glad, I'm glad that we finally get the opportunity to geek out. You're right though about the, the internet and stuff because you're able to bond with people who have like interests in a way you never Totally. Could I make a dark tower tweet on, uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and a couple people respond to it and I'm like, people know what the dark tower is. Yeah. Like Stephen King didn't write that only for me, which bummed me out at first. Cause he called me constant reader. Like I was, I was, I was fucking convinced. I was convinced, you know what I mean? No, but I, I love that commonality. You know what I mean? It's just, it's dope. Like, um, for instance, I saw you tweeting about Doctor Who. Yes, are you a Doctor Who? Are you a Doctor Who fan? I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. Would you, uh, for those of you who don't know what Doctor Who is because you're American, think like British Bill and Ted, but like a little bit foppier, you know, like hello. Well, it's much more macho now than it used to be. I mean, yeah. Well, no, the back fir- in the day, Who was like, who was he fucking? Well, I was going to say though. 
like a dude or See, a chick you didn't know. I went back and watched, and the first Doctor Who was like an old, cogity fucking grandpa. He was like, I travel through time, leave me all alone. And now I feel like it's much more, hello, I'm Doctor Who. Yeah, but there's more action adventure. The special effects are better. It's much more Americanized in terms of production They've values. They've gotten way better in the last, even like two seasons. The old who looked like a Mexican soap opera, pretty much, where the <laughs> guy would step out of a blue box and look around, and everybody would talk for half an hour, and then get back in the box and take off again. Apparently, like, half the universe has pig-faced aliens, yeah, oh, a lot yeah. of shit like that. A lot of recycling of those masks. Yeah. They're like, the who's 70s. your most famous bad guys? A robot and a statue that doesn't move. You're like, oh, BBC is fucking rolling in the cash. Yeah. It was a trash can turned upside down with a flashlight yeah. stapled to it. With that a guy was... going, hello, I am a scary Exterminate. Exterminate. Um, did, you, uh, did you watch the... You're, you're a fan since the reboot, Eccleston, Tennant, and uh, Matt Smith? Yeah, I started with Tom Baker. That was my who when I was That's actually kid. my favorite Doctor Who, too, and I found him yeah. through Blackadder. Yeah, right, he's, sure. He's the captain of that episode. You have a woman's legs, my lord. Yes. I'd wager those legs have never been chopped off and used to row across the Pacific. He's like, you'd be right. Yeah, that's yes. a, um, so you were a Tom Baker guy? Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, consequent, who's kind of, I kind of like lost. There was like guys wearing like question mark suits and stuff. And, and then it got, there was the rainbow flannel guy yeah. for a minute. That, that's when they lost me. And then with the reboot, I absolutely got on board and I've been, I've been digging it. It's dope, man. And I, I really dig this new Doctor Who, the Matt Smith guy. I think he's a good mix of, Tenant's my favorite, I think. Overall, I really dug him, but, but, because Eccleston came out and was like, I'm going to fuck everything and I'm a time. Like, he was very. He was a badass who. He was Vinnie Jones as Doctor Who. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas now it's got no place where you're like, I would hang out with that guy and travel through time. He's like the nutty professor Doctor Who is, Matt Smith is. He's kind of all over the place and he's kind of like fun. Flannel and, yeah, or like yeah. a little Jack Sparrow even with like the fucking exaggerated hand. Yeah. Seems yeah. a little stoned most of the time. Yeah, you know? I did. That's, yeah, you got me. And Amy Pond is my favorite. Uh, uh, oh, the things I would do to her in the TARDIS. Yeah. I'd be like, can we travel back to my dick? She's like, that's not a location. Yeah. I'd be like, I will, I will use this fucking screwdriver to make it one. Let's, <laughs> let's get this on. Sonic screwdriver with um, pants. Is this the first time he, he's Open been, her vagina. he's been to America before, right? No, it's the first time. He's literally ever stepped foot in America. Oh, you mean in terms of the, in terms uh, the episodes? Of the episodes. Like he's never done a fucking, any Doctor Who fans in the audience, he's never done a mission in the past in the fucking 80 years of yeah, Doctor Who. Yeah, he's been in, uh, I know he's been in Manhattan and stuff, like saying, during the yeah, 30s yeah. and all, but this is the first time they ever produced an episode in America. And it was, to about. me, the most well produced Doctor Who episode I've ever, I mean, it was their kind of big budget, like, hey America, we got a show that you don't know about. Yeah. Well, it's, BBC America is really pushing hard for to get an audience, so I think it's the way they could tie it in. It's dope, man. Did you dig the episode? Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was, um, I do, one of my favorite episodes is Blink, do you know that mm. from the David Tennant one? And this was the almost stone statues. This right? was almost the opposite of that. The thing in Blink is, uh, if you look at the bad guys, they can't hurt you. In this one, it was as long as you look at them, they can hurt you. But the second you turn away, you forget. You forget like, what they are. Like yeah. a really bad hookup with a fat chick or something. You know what I mean? Oh, no, that you never forget, my friends. I know. You can never get that. It's wishful, it's wishful thinking. No, it's wishful. I, I, my eyes could smell those some of those girls forever. <laughs> <laughs> if eyes could smell, yes. My uh, Title of my autobiography. No, but it's dope. <laughs> Do you think an American audience will, will ever catch on? Because they've even tried, like, um, I think they fucked around with American pilots for an American version of Doctor Who. They tried who. to do an American Who, yeah, but it's pointless. I, I, I said today, I was tweeting back and forth with some people, and I said there should be never be an American Doctor Who or an American James Bond. It just just doesn't work. And people said, well, what about Christian Bale? He's British and he does Batman. I said, it's not the same thing, because there is, a, there is a certain energy, a certain point of view that the Brits had, that those characters have, that you really can't capture. Even if you do a great English accent, you can't really pull it off. I would agree, and I would, see, I, but I would used to argue Sherlock Holmes, but I think RDJ did a pretty decent job. It's not it's really a, Sherlock Holmes. But it's not really Holmes. Sherlock fucking Holmes. It's yeah. like... 
It's Sherlock Holmes in Snatch. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, we've got to find where the gypsies are or something. Yeah. Um, no, it, Doctor Who is dope. What else are you watching these days? So did you see um, Game of Thrones? I have seen it, and I, I'm not as in love with it as a lot of people really? are. Really? Yeah. Oh, it did it for me, man. I'd, I'd never heard of the thing, and then I saw people tweeting, like, new geek show, important for you to watch this. So I watched the first episode, and I immediately went out and bought the books, and I'd finished the first two bits before the second episode even started. Like, I'm fucking down. Wow. It's a lot lo- of time on your hands. It's Lord... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tons. Tons. Yeah. Smodcast is going away. It's Lord of the Rings with incest. Who doesn't like that? Well, now that you pitch it that way, I might have to go back and take a second look. Like if Hamwise Gamgee and Samwise Gamgee were like, I can't send him in the fellowship. I need him for stuff back on the farm. You know what I mean? It's that kind of like... The sheep miss him? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you think they call me the gaffer? No, it's very... It's like... um. Sexual intrigue and politics, but like set in flat out fucking Middle Earth. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe I'm just burnt out on uh, smelly fur wearing people. Because I watched the Tudors on Showtime See, I and I thought yeah. that was real good. And now they've got the Borgias, I guess, with uh, Jeremy Irons. They're going to go through all of the random time periods we've never heard of. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of fucking in these shows, which is usually good, but I can't but help but catch myself and say, the smell coming off these people in this time period must be just so pungent that I'm not sure if I would be able to enjoy to have sex with uh, King Henry VIII and his gaping pussy sore on his leg. <laughs> I mean, the sore would do it more for me than the smell, I feel like. Well, you know what I'm they, saying? They're one and the same. You can't divorce you can, them. They had cor- you have a big abscess in your thigh. You're going to smell up the room. I'm sorry. That's, just That's the way why you had so many wives, man. That's why they had so many candles <laughs> and a lot of incense because they stunk like shit. A lot of people lived in stables to drown. Oh, it's the horses. Yes. Sure, it's the horses. It was preferable to smell the horses. <laughs> well, absolutely. Than and it was your own king. king. Yeah. yeah. Sad. Oh, oh, the olden days. Um, so you're not digging that. What are you watching anything else you're enjoying currently on television? Um, still loving Fringe. I think Fringe is one of the greatest shows on TV. Fringe is dope, man. I don't. The writing on that show is fucking brilliant and it's sort of getting ignored. On all quarters, by audiences, by critics. I don't, I don't know what more they have to do to make Myself an impression. Myself included. I've only seen like maybe a handful of episodes. Uh, I don't you're know. missing out. It's a brilliantly well-written show. It's dope, and right? Yeah. The, the mythology of it, the way they've sort of tied together these alternate universes that now are playing against each other this season. And they've got actors playing dual roles. The performances are brilliant. And John Noble, who plays uh, Walter Bishop in the thing, plays two roles. And he is as good in one as he is in the other. And how the Academy has never nominated this guy for He's always Emmy. played two roles on the show? No, or is it originally now? he was playing just sort of a crazy, stoned, absent-minded professor type. Okay, yes, absolutely. The main, the dude who, like, fucking the guy. <laughs> well said, sense? yes. Yeah, thank you. Yes, they had the dude, the, the guy, the, yes. When, in the first episode, when the two cops find that guy in, like, the warehouse, he's the guy, right? Or no? No, he's the investigator. Okay. Uh, um, Joshua Jackson. woo He is... Um, Pacey, man. Pacey, right. He made me want to have sex with every teacher in my high school. Which is weird. Extrapolate that. Better than wanting to have sex with Pacey, I guess. I guess so, yeah. I was like, if Pacey can do it, it seems hot on the WB. Uh, he is the son of Walter Bishop, this, this oh, that's right. crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. genius who's in, currently institutionalized at the beginning of the series. And he has to go and get him out because the FBI desperately needs his help to solve these fringe incidents they keep talking about with all this weird science and stuff and that's, that's a, going on. that's a JJ show too, right? JJ produced it. Abrams or? and, um, uh, Orsi and the other Orsi and guy, Kurtzman. Kurtzman, The yeah. Transformers fellas. And uh, unlike Lost, which obviously the plot kind of got away from them at some point in that <laughs> just, series. Just a tad. This when they were like, it's about heaven. 
We swear. <laughs> this thing is tight as a drum and makes sense and gets better the more complicated it gets. Cool. Usually you start, you start to lose focus a little bit, but this thing is just, uh, it's a, it's a steam. I'll check it out. Are you watching any monster stuff like, uh, True Blood being human, that sort of thing? I, I, uh, I think Twilight kind of soured me on all the vampire oh, werewolf really? shit. Yeah. Oh, dude, you're missing out. Really? Again. True Blood, I've seen a couple of those. They're pretty good. Being but human kind of smacks of, uh, soap opery kind of stuff to me, which, I'd much rather have action adventures. True Blood is literally the most. It's it's like either porn or fucking gore. It's the most campy. Like we're gonna fuck in a pile of blood and snap a chick. Like you know about that scene? There there there's two characters having sex, two vampires, and the dude um takes her neck and snaps it and turns it all the way around Exorcist style and then fucks her from behind. But it looks like he's he's She's still, looking at him. Yes. Yeah. Is she still alive? Yeah, totally. She's a vampire. Oh, I see. And you're just like, well done, True Blood. That's how they end the episode. They're like, cliffhanger. <laughs> Every week, it's like, it's just progressively the most violent and or sexual thing I've ever seen on television. Oh, all right. Maybe I'll check that and out. See what I mean, yeah. man? And being human is just British. I'm a sucker. Um, They've got an American being human now, too. You know? Not, not, uh, not, not, on board not doing that, it huh? for me. No. It's kind of goofy. I checked. I watched the first episode. I don't think it's doing well. Is it still on? Even I believe it is, but I don't think it is doing well. It's just that. Uh, yeah, it was a little more whimsical. It was like pushing daisies meets being human, which wasn't really what yeah, I was. Looking I've seen for. a couple episodes of the BBC version, and that's got a good sense of humor to it. I like that a lot. It does, but it also has a really good amount of darkness to it. Yeah, like whereas the American show was all I think about the sense of humor. You weren't really ever scared of these fucking characters, right. or. Or felt how tormented they were, you know what I mean? That sort of. Did you ever see? Speaking of BBC and 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 cool sort of geek stuff, uh, I don't know if you know the actor James Nesbitt, British actor, has done a ton of stuff. Real great actor, but he did a uh, short. Well, they're all short series in England. You know, they only do eight episodes, eight episodes and then per series, two and they, series, and then a holiday, a Christmas yeah. special, yeah, and they're yeah. out. But he did one called Jekyll. I don't know it. Based on uh, Jekyll, and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde concept. And it is a modern retelling of Jekyll and Hyde, one of the scariest, fucking, most compelling series That's I've dope. ever seen. Like Sherlock, but for Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, check it out if you get a chance. It's got like a sci-fi bent to it and stuff, and it's really strong. I'm That's sure it's dope. on DVD someplace. But... I will absolutely look into that. Yeah. But but you were speaking about before, so you you did a Thor contest on the radio today. Yes. Are you psyched for Thor? <sighs> he's got I a know, hammer, Ralph. Don't he's get got me a fucking wrong. hammer. I know he's got a hammer. The hammer's a... got a name. I know. <laughs> Mjolnir? Mjolnir. I don't speak Asgardian. I don't, I don't <laughs> speak Norse. Um, I, I will see it, obviously, because I'm a geek, and they take your card away if you don't go to see all these films. <laughs> but when I was a kid, they do that. Thor they was they like my least favorite of all the Avengers. He was like the guy I had no real interest in. It's boring. He never. You could never relate to him because he was from another. He he never talked like a normal human being. He no, was, I he didn't never like had a girlfriend. It was like, hard to read the bubbles. I didn't know what he was saying really with thy and thine and thee and what the fuck. And all his and friends it, sound like Helmgard or Hardgard. Like I can't tell the <laughs> difference between all your your rainbow guards, buddy. And the long blonde hair and the goofy helmet and his secret identity had a cane and a limp, and he was kind of a wuss. And I just yeah, the whole thing just seemed off to me. And I know guys who are diehard Thor fans. Oh, but absolutely. He yeah. wasn't for me. So I'm not as excited about that film as I am, say, like Green Lantern or something. What's like funny is out of the the big superhero films of summer, let's not. I mean, X Men First Class looks watchable. I don't want to. But why didn't they do the first class if they're going to do the first class? I don't know. Why isn't it Iceman and Beast I have and no, Cyclops? How is Emma Frost in a... Like, there, obviously, there's no canon to these films because they're just going to put Emma in every fucking one. Yes. They're like, X-Men in the future. Like, she's a four-year-old now. It makes sense. Continuity. So she's going to be in every movie. I mean, they, did you read the X-Men first class comic? 
I didn't, no. It was great. It was, it was what you just said. It was Gene, it was Scott, it was, uh, Bobby, Warren, and, and Beast. But Beast hadn't turned yet. Like, I didn't think they were gonna do the blue furry monster guy in this, which, right. which kinda bummed me out a little bit. I thought it was gonna be literally the Uncanny X-Men's first mission. This is like some made up fucking, Magneto pulling airplanes out of water thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's Professor X when he can still walk. Isn't that exciting? Everyone buy your tickets. I mean, it just seems like a... <laughs> that's what we no all No wheelchairs wanted. in this one. Yeah. No old dudes. The only reason I see those films is to hope that that gentleman walks one day. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I have a soft spot. Yeah. Um, no, but so that one... You're I'm like the so... Jerry Lewis of exactly, comic book movies. Exactly, yeah. I'm yeah. just like... Raising is... money to get Professor X Let out of his walk. chair. He's got no hair. Yeah. Yeah. Just lives alone in a mansion with teenagers. Like, let's let's let this guy go on a date. Some the way I'd yeah. go if I was crippled. I guess so. Yeah. So if I so can't that... do it. I can watch it. <laughs> so X Men, I'm a fan of, obviously. But the other three big summer flicks coming out: uh, Captain America, Thor, and Green Lantern. I was never a particularly huge fan of either of the characters or any of those characters. Oh, really? I mean, obviously, I dug Cap because he was he's the main guy in the Marvel universe, but he was always. A little bit Superman cheese for me. He was a little too perfect. I like what they've been doing. Brubaker made that character uh, better than I ever in the past. He made, he made me dig Steve Rogers, but I, I never grew up a uh, Captain America. I was a Punisher fan. I was a Venom fan. I was a dark fucking kid. Wow, you you were really Ghost scary. Rider. It was those three comics. Were yeah. you in a special class or something? A couple, yeah. Yeah, I thought your parents... Not for those reasons, Your though. parents would have had you see yeah. somebody. But I, so I never grew up a Green Lantern fan or a Cap fan, but these three movies, Thor included, I can't fucking wait for, dude. Thor included? Really? Yeah, the last trailer did it for me. I don't, I don't know what it is. Like the, I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> it looks giant and epic and I I think it's Hemsworth. I think that's what's really getting me going. I think he looks good, yeah. And Prana is a great director. Kenneth Prana can't go wrong there, right? It's, I mean, I don't know about directing a giant fucking action. I wouldn't go but from of all superhero sagas. This is the most Shakespearean, that's the closest, so yeah. it makes sense. And uh, Natalie Portman is in her forty uh, seventh movie this month, so <laughs> she's good to look at. So but she doesn't ever ass out in this one, so I wonder if that means it'll make money. <laughs> you know what <laughs> right. I'm saying? Uh, no, but so I'm psyched for Thor, and that Green Lantern WonderCon footage is incredible. Yes. And I, unlike you, I was a diehard you're Green a, Lantern You're a Lantern fan, fan right? Yeah. I, Batman was my guy, and then right underneath him was Green Lantern. I thought he was the dude. Hal? Yeah, the original. Always yeah. Hal? Did yeah. you like the Parallax shit? And are you one of the, uh, you don't like Kyle or? I'm not a Kyle Rayner fan. No, not at all. Yeah. I don't like Guy Gardner particularly or John Stewart or anything. We I don't. I just, I we, think, I think once they started adding all the other Green Lanterns, it sort of distilled or diluted rather the, the stories. And and although Hal gets his due, and certainly did with the Parallax arc, and and certainly now with Brightest Day and Darkest Night, and Beware My Light, the next series Jeff Johns is going to write Midsummer's Night Day yes. or whatever, um, Windy Day. He's still the guy, but I I when I you know was reading when as a kid, he was the only Which one. Which funny is occasionally another guy would fly in and then wearing the costume, and you'd never see him again. You know, I it was worked, just like a guest star. I worked in Midtown Comics when IO came out. Was that his name? IO was when they relaunched Kyle as like that guy. Ion. Ion. Yes. And Ron Mars did a signing and uh half the people there were there to scream at him for the shit he did to Hal. It was really, really weird. I was pissed off when they made him a bad guy. Uh, Final night. That's I guess, what all these people the, were saying. Yeah, they like, they made the most noble fucking one of the most noble heroes. I was always a Green Arrow fan. Man. Well, me too. Well, that, they went hand in guy. hand because you know I'm older than you, but back in the day they were brave and the bold, right? I mean, uh, no, it was Green Arrow. Uh, they were in the same book. The same was, book, Green Arrow, Green Lantern. Green yeah, Arrow, yeah, Green Arrow, Green Lantern. And they were the uh, hard traveling heroes, and they would go on the road and 
you know, find important social issues to argue about and stuff. And it was very important. You, and, you know, I wasn't around for the Denny O'Neill, uh, Neil Adams run, but I, I found them early on when I was reading books and went back and found them and read them. And I thought, this is, a, this is amazing stuff. You know? Dude, when I first, uh, when I, I first discovered Green Arrow around the first time, I think I discovered Pot and I was like, oh, he, he would listen to fish. If there's any superhero, because he had a goatee yeah, automatically, he yeah, had to be totally. a pot smoking fish yeah. listening guy. In my mind, yeah, he was kind of a hippie. He's kind of a hippie, yeah. yeah. You actually got to voice Ollie, right, in a video game. I voiced Green uh, Green Arrow in Justice League Heroes, the video. What game. did you go with? Because I don't, I don't remember. Do you want to give us? A... I fucking barely remember. <laughs> the thing is, I've done a lot of voice work, and and um, uh, video games is the toughest because there is no script really. They write the video games for the action sequences, for the things that the characters can do. So they give you a list of things to say, like, hey, watch it. Ugh, look out. And just, it's, just, it's really just a list of exclamations. And they say, oh, look out. Could you, could you make that sweatier? I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Did they make... trying to get as much water in my mouth as I could. Look out. They're like, okay, now we're... Is that do- sweaty? <laughs> I don't know. How do, what's sweaty? But they want you more exertion and stuff. So you have to act out all the action stuff. But the dialogue is is lean, <laughs> to say the least. So I didn't really get a chance to say any of the cool sort of Ollie lines I would have, like, you corporate fat cats make me sick. You know, like something like that would have been cool. But They're uh, like, now's the part where someone leaves a controller alone and you start, like, in the game tapping your foot and stuff. Yeah. They're like, just mime that for us. How would Ollie do it? That's right. He's bored. He's polishing an arrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you read? Speaking of comic Plus books. Plus, he was a locked character, so it wasn't even like one of the main ones, you know? You they, never, to, they never, they never burn through all the other heroes before you finally got around to Ollie. They were gonna make a Green Arrow movie, but it wasn't even gonna be a Green Arrow movie. It was Supermax. Do you know about that? No. It was, I read the script too. It was, um, Ollie got wrongfully accused of a murder, got locked inside of Supermax prison, and then it was like a, it was like Prison Break meets Green Arrow and like Purple Man, like the worst D-list <laughs> fucking like, I was like, I'd rather see Bat Rock the Leaper, the movie, man. Ambush Bug shows up? That's what I'm saying, no. So that was, it was like, you can't even green, give Green Arrow his due. It was like a Prison Break ensemble movie that Ollie happened to be like. Well, that the, sounds horrible. The head guy in it. I don't think it ever got made, so I think, yeah. I think Green Arrow movies do. I think if, if Green Lantern is a success, I think he would be a good choice. I think we'll start show. seeing a lot of, I think, because now we're, we're starting to get down to the characters that, that you have to explain to people a little bit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think the average non-comic fan has any clue who Green Lantern is. I think they all know Captain America. They all know Spider-Man. They all right. know Batman. But Iron Man broke that taboo open. I Absolutely. Think. He was, he was actually. He was the guy who was like, I don't, I'm not familiar. No one had any clue. Everybody went because the word of mouth was so strong. Who do you think the next crop is? Uh, as far as DC, cause Marvel, it seems pretty planned at this point. We know they've announced the next 80 movies they're making. Yeah, Marvel. they're set. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think Flash is definitely in the uh, in the pipeline for them. That would make sense. And right? rightly so. Round out the JLA. I think finally a lot of technology has caught up to these characters because I wrote a treatment uh, in college for one of my uh, screenwriting classes about a Green Lantern movie. I've always thought that would be a brilliant film because it's the most visual of all comic Absolutely. book characters. Absolutely, really. anything you want. Yeah, sure. All those constructs he makes with the ring, I mean, it would just be perfect if you had the right technology. And now that they do, I think... Finally, the idea has met the time, but Can Flash you... is the same way. Remember the TV show, The Flash? Absolutely. It was yeah. pretty well written, but still, like, <laughs> he looked a little silly when he was running around. Can you in imagine that if the green movie... felt suit Can of you his? Imagine if they made a, red, green, right? a Green Lantern movie in the eighties. Like, how would they even do the? It, it would be that Ghostbusters fucking <laughs> CGI effect and shit. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen the bootleg JLA series? The, yeah, the pilot? absolutely. Yeah, Green Lantern's in that, and and his construct looks. It's uh, pretty. It's pretty looks similar. Like they drew it on with a crayon, frame by frame, onto the film. <laughs> 
Have you? So you've played a. Uh, you've played. Have you ever done any other heroes voice wise other no. than Ollie? No. Who would you? Would you ever play a superhero? Obviously, right. <sighs> That's the only reason I got into show business. Is it? Yeah. When I was a kid, I I would watch Batman with Adam West, you know, or the old Superman shows, and and when Superman '78 came out with Chris Reeve, I remember looking at that stuff and saying, "This is why you would become an actor to put on one of these suits and do something like that." Dude, my and now I'm too old and fat to do any of it, <laughs> but I can still do the voices, so I would love to do a, a comic book. Or something I got like a that. similar thing my entire life. I was like, oh, "I'm going to play Wolverine." They're going to make an X Men movie at one point, and I'm going to play Wolverine. And then they made the movie, and Hugh Jackman got him. I was like, "Fair shakes." I don't know the gentleman. But... <laughs> You're that, okay with that? That's fine. Oh, that's then cool. I discovered Fables. I was like, oh, it's over. I'm going to play Bigby when I get older. Like, that's the point of me existing. And then I went bald, and I was like, I'm going to play Lex Luthor? I don't <laughs> fucking... I'm going to play Ragman? Like, how many Jewish bald superheroes are there? No, not that many. Not many. No. I could play Kitty Pride's father. <laughs> Catherine, you're always late for Shabbos dinner. <laughs> you know? I think Where do I send you? What do I send you to that crazy Meshuggah school for? That's probably the reason I got into Green Lantern when I was a kid, because he was one of the few superheroes I read that had brown hair. Really? And I had brown hair, and I was like, well, this is a dude I could play someday. I could be him. Can't be Superman. He's got black hair, like blue hair, really. He doesn't even have black hair. And, you know, Bruce Wayne had black hair. hair. They all had black, Dick Grayson, black hair. It's like, where's the brown haired guys? Hal Jordan was the only guy who had brown hair. At least you got that. They all have hair, man. That's true. Yeah. 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 You could be like Red Tornado. I could be Red Tornado. Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter. There's a lot of good bald guys. A non human, basically. You'd have to be an alien. I could play Smeagol. Or as my grandma calls him, Schmeagol. I was like, he's not Yiddish, Grandma, uh, though he looks like me. So uh, who would you, you know who I think, um, who would you want to play if you could have your pick of any character, sir? Who do you think you could play, realistically? Well, like I said, I'm too old and fat to play anybody anymore. I don't think but, that's true. But, I think, But back in the day, I think Green Lantern was the guy I thought I could pull off. Go with me for a second, fans. I think you would make a great Ted Grant slash Wild Oh, Cat. that would be good. You know what I'm saying, man? There's Because he's old. That's what you're saying. That's yeah, what you're he's, saying. He's tough. He's old. I mean, he's, he's older. He's older. He looked great, great at the temples. <laughs> I mean, he's got, he's got, everyone has that in comic books, though. Wildcat was one of my heroes growing up, too. I, I loved, uh, there was a time I went through where the JSA was more interesting to me than the JLA was. Me, absolutely. I go back and read some of the Golden Age books and stuff. I said, these old dudes are cool. Sandman, remember the original? The original Wesley Sandman? Dodds? No, 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 totally. With that even, gas mask and the gas gun and everything? He seemed like a scary badass dude. Even Alan and uh, the original Green Lantern and Flash are just kind of like old badass. Like, they're just kind of old men. Yeah, like except the, the old uh, Green Lantern, I thought, had horrible fashion sense. He does. He looked at his costume. It was like yellow and purple and red and green. Like, holy shit, who dressed you, Alan? <laughs> Use your ring to whip yourself up something a little better looking. Get a nice two-piece suit exactly. with that fucking thing, man. You could make a car out of it. Get yourself a manicured outfit, man. <laughs> and his Villains, you like look like the Harley eighth Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was insane. Uh, so, but but would you? Uh, when growing up, it was always what you wanted to play. Hal, I would have. Yeah, if I had a choice, Batman, ideally, you know. But I think um, by the time I got old enough, to, when I started getting into acting and stuff, the the tide had turned, and and Batman was grim and dark and everything, and that really wasn't something I I enjoyed reading it, but it wasn't something I would necessarily I thought was suited to play because I was always sort of a smartass and stuff. So I thought, you know, Oliver Queen or, or Hal Jordan, or those guys seem to have a better sense of humor than Batman. Of course, you know, Hitler had a better sense of humor I mean, than Batman. Cut to, cut to recent fucking Batman. Yeah, yeah, he's a grim dude. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to say play somebody who's fun. And uh, I think Hal appealed to me most because there was still a sense of adventure and fantasy and stuff. He enjoys it. He still gets to fly around. Yeah, the he doesn't like, become jaded to it ever, really. Yeah. 
especially if you ever read uh, Emerald Dawn, I guess it is sort of the reboot of his his origin. He's sort of a hard drinking guy initially. When he was first an air test pilot, yeah, I mean, he's just kind of he's his just name's Highball. He's just like fuck it, I drink, I fly, I fuck. That was the original Hal Jordan. Yeah, right. right. He was like gun, balls to the wall, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes to jail for DUI or something, and he gets the ring and cleans up his ass. Yeah, they put it. They put the government monitored ring on him, like Lindsay Lohan <laughs> or whatever. Right. It's like, it's they like got an alcohol t- bracelet. No, exactly. They're like, you have to put this in the lantern twice a day to check in. All right, <laughs> you're on probation. In brightest day and darkest relapse. Um. <laughs> what are you reading currently, comic book wise? Because because you're a huge. I was afraid um, you were going to ask me that. I I always miss you by like ten minutes at Golden Apple every yes. Wednesday. I hear big shout out to Golden Apple. Absolutely, Golden Apple Comics, of course, sponsors this show. Everyone, GoldenAppleComics.com. Uh, Saturday, May seventh, they're doing free comic book day, and they're having quite a crowd of celebrities. And there. we're going to be I'm going to be podcasting from there. Uh, Robert Kirkman and Jason Howard, who you all know Kirkman obviously from Walking Dead, but they got a new book, Super Dinosaur. Which is awesome. I don't know if you've all read it yet, but there's just a panel where a dinosaur is playing Xbox and he says, yo. I was like, this is why I read comics. Walter Koenig, I think, is going to be there. Chekhov's going to yeah. be there. Mark Andrego from the True Blood comic. I mean, there's going to be a bunch of people coming down, so that's going to be fun. But, um, so I, we, we're, we're both big comic readers. Like, what are you, what are you enjoying these days? You know, the thing is, I have less time than ever to read, so I have pared down the number of titles that I read significantly, and I've fallen into a trap where I kind of read all the old school stuff I used to read. I don't read as many new things as I used to. So I was, when you asked me to come on the show, I was very flattered, but I was also sort of intimidated because I, I'm out nerded now. You know, people are so much more cooler than I am in terms of what they read and stuff. I'm not as hip and as cool as I used to be regarding the new books. So but. what's your, what's your favorite thing every month? Like if there's one comic that you, you get more excited for than any other, you run immediately. I hate to home. sound like a, like, like a sheep, but pretty much anything Jeff Johns writes for DC now, I'm just into. His know, stuff with Flash leading up to this whole thing leading up to Flashpoint. I can't wait to get there and the, the, the brightest day, darkest night arcs, and I'm not a big guy in like those multi-title kind of things where you got to buy them all. The giant kind of epic power. thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but his stuff is just so well done, and I just really get a kick out of all that. Stuff. I mean, I definitely enjoy how Johns is doing uh, crossover stuff more than Morrison did with that Final Crisis. Fucking Grant Morrison, man, he's Dude. killing me. And because I'm a Batman fan, so I read all the Batman. Me titles, too, man. And I can say, oh, Batman Incorporated, okay, and I buy it and I read it like under protest. At a certain point, Morrison was like, oh, I guess I'm good. I'm just going to start writing insanity. <laughs> I can do anything. I can do anything. Nothing's going to make sense anymore. Enjoy it. Like Final Crisis, every panel was like a different fucking time period and a different language. And you did like a decoder, a decoder ring and a philosophy fucking major and shit. Like, yeah. like write a comic, man. Whereas when Gaiman, did you read the... um? The funeral Batman book? Oh, it was brilliant. Those were fantastic. Whatever happened to the Cape Crusade? Those were two of my favorite Bat books in a long time. And then Kevin's Gyre, of course. I thought Kevin did a great job with it. Was inc- it was one of my favorite Batman books in a long yeah. time. Um, but Incorporated's losing me also because I think it's taken away the spirit of the character, which is everybody's Batman now. And now it's Batman literally, Tokyo, there's Batman Paris, there's Batman, uh, Dick Grayson's Batman, everybody's In the Batman. last year, the Bat family has grown too fucking big, in my opinion. Like, yeah. there's Azrael, and, like, everyone who ever was involved is involved now and has a book. Like, yeah. it's getting to X-Men levels almost, where there's probably, like, six or seven Bat books a month, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And not to mention, have you read the, uh, the Neil Adams Batman book, Odyssey? No, I haven't. Whew, talk about a fucking lunatic. Yeah. Talk about something that you can barely make any sense out of. I mean, Neil Adams is one of Neil my Adams, favorite Batman artists of all time. Too, but. He is a brilliant artist, and his work re- reinvented the character. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, dude, I love Neil but Adams. But you see why they gave him a strong writer back in the 70s and stuff, because he is woo. 
I mean, it was, that's, out there. it was the same with, I don't know if you read X-Men, but fucking Claremont. When yeah, he started yeah. up again, you were like, oh, that's why you wrote books in this. Or even, and I hate to say it, he's my favorite human being of all time, but when it's, when, when they're always like, Stan, special issue written by Stan Lee. Oh, isn't that cute? It's cute. They yeah. let grandpa write a book. And it's, and it's like, I was, yeah, yeah. in the seventies or something. He's like, hello, spider friends. What's Twitter? <laughs> It's always, he'll always throw in, like, my, my mom used to read a lot of Archie when I was a kid, because my mom read, like, every Archie book. Fucking, she had stacks of those little digests. And at a certain point, they stopped writing new Archie comics, and what they would do is they would take old ones, white out references, and add in new ones. <laughs> so it'd be like, come on, gang, let's go to the, and then you'd see bigger letters, Green Day concert. Oh, that's hilarious. As it said, chocolate shop in the fucking background, and they're jalopy and shit. They're right in the 1950s. Yeah, they're like, I, I hate rod. the gooks. Let's go to Green Day. You know what I mean? <laughs> shit, did, shit didn't always fit with Archie. That's what I feel. I don't know. I, but that's the thing. Current new new comics. Have you read um Lock and Key at all? Have you heard of that? I've read a couple of those, yeah. Joe Hill's book, Stephen King's Son. Yes. That I love. There's a book called Unwritten, which is my favorite book in comics right now. I'm not hip to that. Uh, a guy named Mike Carey writes it. It's kind of like... Has anyone, anyone here read Unwritten? It's kind of like Harry Potter. It's, it's, imagine if Harry Potter, imagine if J.K. Rowling based Harry Potter off her actual son, like her son Harry. Right. And that kid was as famous as the character, obviously. And so there's like Harry Potter cons and shit like that. And then her father mysteriously dies. Basically, it's like, it's a literature comic book adventure. Mm. Like they go through like Moby Dick and then they go into like Edgar Allan Poe books. He can go inside of any story. There's like, it's hard to fucking, it's like Gumby. It's exactly yeah. like Gumby. You jump inside there are blockheads and shit like got that. Got a little orange horse that runs around behind him. Exactly. That's cute. Uh, the only he never I... rode that horse. No. Well, no. Which is weird, Who's right? his friend? You don't ride your friends. If, you're fr- if your friend's a pack animal, well, maybe. maybe. you do. You know what I mean? He's my best friend. I don't give a fuck what animal he is. I'm not going to ride him. It's humiliating. <laughs> Make the guy feel bad about it's himself. Like, dude, my feet are sore and fucking Self-esteem. pokey. I've been running through with his child. He could children. turn to a ball and roll wherever he wanted. He didn't yeah, need to ride right, anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing I'm reading that is sort of outside the realm of my usual stuff, all the Green Lanterns and Flashes and Batmans and Supermans and stuff. And by the way, Superman, the, the arc of him walking across America, I thought it's been awesome. Still great. Been great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I... The Millar books, the Kick-Ass 2, now he's got no one, I think it's just outstanding. I've been and reading that. Superior is really good too, has right? Has rocked me on my heels. I mean, it's an emotional catharsis every time I read that book. I'm so moved by this kid with, uh, what's he got, the uh, muscular dystrophy no, or whatever he's got yeah, going yeah. on. And the fact that he's become this hero and his relationship with his best friend and him trying to figure out what's going on. I it's, said, that's a movie ball, waiting dude. to happen right there. The cool thing with Kick-Ass 2 is, I don't know if you're, oh, oh, do you know the magazine Clint that came out? Yeah, sure. He's been putting the issues out like four months in advance in that magazine. So you can, I'm like five issues ahead of newsstands, I think, in America. Well, aren't you cool? That's what I'm saying, yeah. man. So ask me after the show, guys. I'll tell you shit. <laughs> what happens? Fucking spoiler alert. Um, what else am I reading these days? I mean, do you, do you read Walking Dead? Have you ever read it? Yeah, I did. Uh, you dig it? First uh, six or so I did. Yeah. I read the first, I read it until they changed artists. Yeah, then maybe that's when I stopped too. And, and once, I think it was Simon Oliver was the first artist maybe. Yeah. The second artist just didn't, it didn't do it for me and it was, it was kind of a bummer. It was the first time that art had really affected me in a book, but I, I dig the TV show. Yeah, the show's great. It's pretty cool. I can check that out. Um, Let's see. Do you play video games, man? I don't know if I've ever just asked you that or heard you talk about that. I have played occasionally at friends' homes. I have never purchased a system for my own home. Not because I didn't want to, but because I was wise enough finally to recognize that I did not need to spend any more time in front of the television. You've never owned a video game console in your life? No, no. 
Uh, my parents uh, like dragged their feet. Mars or something. They dragged their feet when it, when it first started happening, and so I never got one at home. And then I moved out to LA, and I was too fucking poor to afford food, let alone a uh, gaming system. And when I finally got a couple bucks, I was like, "No, because if I do this, I will never leave my fucking house." And I was literally scared of how much time I would spend doing that because I already spent too much time in front of the computer and too time, much time in front of the television. And I need occasionally to leave the house. I get scared, and this this might be a common geek thing or a collector thing, but a lot of times when someone and I know I know uh, Brenda who, who who's we're going to talk to in a little bit. Uh, it goes to this, certainly, but when I find a new thing that I know I'm going to dig, I get scared about the commitment I'm about to get involved in almost. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm the same way. Like, there was a new Pokemon game coming out. I was like, fuck. <laughs> like, there goes me paying attention to my dog. There goes me eating healthy. For, you like, acknowledge um, your powerlessness. Absolutely. I'm like, I know my life is over for that amount of time, but I acknowledge it and fully yeah. embrace it and try to find it early before a street date and shit like that. I've got an entire room in my home that is solely dedicated to my Batman collection. You've got a, you've got a, but it, not just Batman, isn't it mostly Adam West Batman or it's, is it? It's, uh, the collectibles, toys and, and whatnot from the sixties mostly and, and early seventies. I kind of had to create a cutoff because there's a lot of Batman there's a lot stuff. Of shit out there. <laughs> yeah. But when I was a kid, I mean, Batman, Adam West Batman was it for me. It was everything. And I, and I was obsessed and I never grew out of it. So I held on to all my toys and stuff when I was a kid and I started buying little bits and pieces as I got a couple bucks as I started working and stuff. And now it's a full blown obsession. And I have an entire house in my home. I, uh, excuse me, a room in my home dedicated to just that shit. And I was in there the other day and I said, this could be a room where someone could sleep. I could have guests. I could have a home. Could have like, another child. Right? Like, There's so much I could do. With you were like Schindler with with your Batman room or whatever. I, I, I am trapped. If only I had one less Batmobile replica, I could have saved one more. <laughs> and I just jam packed with shit. And I've you know I, I've spent way too much money at this point where I've got actual like set pieces and costume really? pieces from the series and stuff, which are hard to come by because they threw all that shit out back in the day. But I've got You're a made few of pieces. cardboard. <laughs> well, some of the stuff's pretty well made. Really? Believe it or not, yeah. yeah. I've got like uh, the original Mr. Freeze helmet that George Sanders wore in the episode. Oh, wow, dude. And I've got uh, this signboard that when Penguin wrote, ran for mayor in, in the series, it said vote for Penguin. It's got Burgess Meredith on the front. Does your wife ever go in the room? She does. Just to shake her head. <laughs> <laughs> just to look at me with that sour look. It's just the dead like, room to her. Like it, that's the Batman room of that. Yeah, she gives me that room and uh, God bless her. She's, she's great that way. But I realize that I am a full-fledged addict and... There's nothing I can do about it now. I'm I'm locked in. So I know I have that personality. And when the video game thing presented itself to me, I was like, I have to draw the line someplace. I have to be able to be responsible in some level. And so that's where I. So you never even fucked around. Like you know, there's Batman video. Oh, don't tell tell me. I mean, they don't exist. Never. Arkham Asylum is calling my name every time I walk down the street. That's what I've heard, but I can't. I just can't stop it. Shut up. Would you have anything in that room, like a table or a chair or anything, or is it just? Stuff? No, I got my my desk and my computer. Okay, so you do hang, you do have a reason to be in there other than just to look around. Oh yeah, I made a point of it, so I I have an excuse. That's oh, what I'm saying. I have to go work, honey. <laughs> the door shuts, and I'm sealed in there for weeks on the That's end. Awesome, and I look around, say, like, oh, this is so cool. Because it's 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 a it's 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 retarded childhood is what it is. You're one of the few unapologetic lovers of that Batman, I think, too, or at least that I have run into. It wasn't easy for a long time, but it's starting to come around again. People are starting to have a very uh, fond affection for West and the work he did in that show and what it meant to keeping the character alive and stuff. It's starting to starting to lighten up. But there was a time where I took an enormous amount of shit for still being a fan well, of that show. Do you get offended when people say they like it for the campiness value? 
for the schlock. Like I, re- I recently discovered Star Trek TOS, and I had never been a Star Trek fan in my life. Never seen the original series. I'd never seen any. I, my entire life, I was like, I'm a Star Wars fan. Fuck Star Trek. Like that was some kind of a rule someone told me when I was a kid. But apparently it wasn't. You had to pick so, one or the other. Yeah, yeah, it was like Star Wars fans. It was like, look, they, those two don't mix. All right. But I finally, Star Wars is real. That Star Trek shit is made up. <laughs> Tatooine exists. But so I finally saw watched the original series, and I don't love it for the sci-fi aspect. I love it because it's the most ridiculous, cheesy, fucking low production value. Like, I love it, but I love it. I still love it, though. Does that take away from it? You know what I mean, man? Uh, for Batman, for me, is that what you mean? If people, if people, you know, because it is, can you? It is a little bit cheesy. Yeah, but you have to, you know, do yourself a favor. Watch an episode of Batman from 66 and then pick up a Batman comic from 1964 or 65. It's like a literal translation have from you, page to screen. The Joker's Batman's Biggest Boner. Have you read that issue? <laughs> yeah. Where it's just Joe. If you guys don't know about that, go online, look up Batman's Biggest Boner, and it's the Joker just saying the word boner over and over, and over and over again. Like it's back any- in the olden times, boner meant mistake, folks. And it didn't mean erection. If it was called Batman's Biggest Erection, it wouldn't have passed comic code, all right? <laughs> And it's like, oh, Batman pulled a big boner. Oh, wait till Batman gets load of this boner. He's the boner of the boner, week. Boner, like, he's the again. biggest boner in Gotham. Oh, Batman's a boner. Ha, 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 he, he. What a boner Batman is. The entire is. book, folks. And they kept saying it over and over again. Yeah, That's it, one of my favorites. It's a literal translation from the page to the screen, which means, in essence, the comic books were sort of stupid and cheesy in the early 60s. And because they were for kids, you know? And, people- and I was a kid when I started watching that show, so it all played for me. I loved the show for what it was meant to be at the time, which was colorful action adventure and then as I got older I started to get the comedy of it because Adam West I don't know if you watch that show today he gets it he's fucking brilliant in that role and I think more so than a lot of people bring up Shatner when they talk about West for some reason I think Adam West gets it more than Shatner oh Shatner's he's serious as a heart attack in Star Trek that's right he's He's unintentionally funny yes and now nowadays he claims like oh yeah it was all it was tongue in cheek it was like sure Bill yeah but Adam did know what he was doing he plays it so square it's just freaking hilarious that <laughs> dude old batman was the best the other best my favorite comic book cover ever was um i forget who the bad guy was but they had captured sidekicks and flash was like oh no speedy and uh kid flash or kid flash excuse me don't make me um, slap you <laughs> mess with my teen titans that's what i wanted no <laughs> uh it was like kid flash and um i forget who the other one was but it was it was no excuse me it was all their girlfriends that's what it was so oh, right, I remember it that. Was Green it was the Justice League. Hal was like, no, Carol. Right. And Bruce, w- and, and, uh, Superman Clark was like, was Lois. Lois. Adam was like, oh, no, uh, he goes, uh, who's Ray Palmer's, uh, wife? Uh, uh Lor- uh, Gene Lauren. Gene Lauren, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Batman was like, Robin, no. And yeah. then you feel like the next panel, every other superhero was like, huh? You? Really? That's, like, that's the next splash page. Are you fucking that kid? That's the look they all gave. That's the subtext. Apparently, like, I've spoken to a lot of people who write, written for DC. That's the one sacred thing you can't touch. You can't even hint that Batman and Robin have any kind of anything. That was the big controversy in the 50s with the uh, Worm book was that there was a homosexual relationship between Dick and Bruce. Was it really? Oh, yeah. There's, you ever read that book, The uh, Corruption of Innocence or whatever else? Anybody know what the book I'm talking about? There was a psychologist in the 50s when really comic books were at their heyday. And he wrote a book called The Corruption of the Innocent, I believe it's called. Uh, Dr. Wortham is his name. And he wrote this diatribe that was a condemnation of all things comic books, from the EC horror books all the way through the superhero books. It, it was the invention of the uh, comic, the comic code. book code. Okay. That's where yeah, it happened. Yeah. This book was the thing that shook the, the, the industry to its core. Senate or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
And his big thing was that Bruce and Dick were homosexuals. They had a homosexual relationship. <laughs> this older man and this young boy living in this big mansion by themselves with the butler who looks See, a little queer too. By no one the ever way. mentions Alfred because that dude's the fucking sugar daddy of them all, right? <laughs> yes. It would trickle down. He obviously. carries the lube in on a tray. That's <laughs> exactly. what I'm thinking. And it was uh, that book and that situation that brought about Anne Harriet. That's where that whole character came from. We said, we got to get a woman in there to watch these two fags. That's what they were saying. <laughs> Batman's like, I'm going out on the town. Call me Patches. <laughs> we're like, okay, Bruce. That's awesome. Yeah, man. so DC still is not allowed to address that to this day. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. They, don't, they, don't, they don't go near it. But um, I wish they had a, books for old dudes like me where it was sort of classic versions of the heroes that I liked with new stories. You know, I'd like to see Robin in the booties and the bare legs and the old school costume and and Batman who occasionally would crack a smile. You mean and they would have a conversation once in a while that didn't involve them, you know, pissing on each other and having a big fight and walking away angry. And there was like because when I was a kid, Batman Robin, that was like as close as you could get. Your best friend. If you were best friends with a kid on the playground, you, you were like Batman, Batman and Robin. Robin. Yeah. It's as good as you could get. Now there's all kinds of emotional. You mean you don't like a Robin who literally slashes people's faces? <laughs> yeah, like Damien. Damien. It's like the worst Robin. <laughs> Ever. I just I had to literally put down my comic this week because I was like, Damien fucking stabbed someone in the face for no reason. <laughs> to make yeah, a one liner. Yeah. To make a I was like, Talia Al Gore's got fucked up eggs, man. Yeah. If that, that's what that does. That's grim. So I'd like to see someone write a well, they did a little bit with All Star, I guess, but Frank Miller. They were trying to the, the quietly the the, the All Star Superman was awesome. Awesome, yeah. And the artwork was beautiful. All Star Batman was the final nail in the Miller fucking coffin for me. Where I don't out of control. Where I was like, that's the worst comic I've ever read in my life. Yeah. Batman calls Robin a retard. Yes. I was like that. That was almost as bad as when the Tim Burton remake when Mike TV called someone a retard. I almost left the theater. I was so enraged. (laughs) Don't you fucking trot on my childhood, you bastards! And in the Miller book, uh, Black Canary's like a drunken whore bartender. I don't even, dude. I forgot that book existed. And it was Jim Lee. The art was awesome. Yeah, but it was the single worst written comic book I've ever. Batman fucks Black Canary on the dock or something. Leave your mask on. It's hot. Everyone and like, like, why don't you just just take a big shit on my childhood when you go chance miller have you ever met miller i have i was at uh, a movie premiere what the fuck movie was it the spirit no oh, i wish it no was we talked about the spirit on the red carpet i was doing one of those bullshit interviews where sometimes they'll pay me money to go down to their red carpets and uh, there's a crowd outside you know people taking pictures and stuff and there's a red carpet and they'll have a little uh, soapbox there for me to stand on with a microphone and as the celebrities come by i do a little q a just to introduce them to the crowd and stuff and it it's easy money. You never, it's, a, it's stupid to do because you can't really ask a decent question because everybody's screaming and yelling and stuff. But I do what I can. And Miller came along and, um, the spirit had yet to come out. And so I asked him, I said, here's, you know, one of the, you know, the great creators of, uh, you know, comic book Sin City and, and, um, um, what the, what was the other big one? 300. 300, yeah. And so, um, I said, you got the, you're near the director too. You got the spirit coming. I said, the spirit will be the greatest comic book movie America's ever seen. He said that to my face. And if I ever see that lion son of a bitch again, I'm going to punch him right in the eye. Have you, do you not like it? Oh, I found a way spirit? to, I found a way to enjoy it, sir. Here's what you guys got to do. G- somehow get the audio track and put it on an iPod or something and listen to it like it's some kind of fucking fucked up radio play. It is brilliant. 
It's the worst. It's the worst scripted, like delivered. Line. Like I love performances that. are uniformly horrible. It's so bad. Samuel that, L. Jackson's never been worse. It's so bad that it's blissful to listen to almost. Like it's like music to my ears. The spirit. Uh-huh. Like you're it's, a glutton for punishment. I am, man. That's and I am. My, a, I am a fan of bad cheesy. That's one of my favorite bad fucking movies. movies. Oh, the man, I, I will watch the Phantom when it comes on cable. You know what I mean? What's wrong with the Phantom? Oh, come on. Everyone loves the Phantom. Oh, no, not everyone. Billy Zane? What Most do you mean? Most people don't like the Phantom. If Billy Zane was in here right now and was like, guys, who wants to go watch a Phantom? Everyone would leave. <laughs> They'd be like, I'm going to watch a Phantom with the Phantom. It doesn't get better than I that. I like the Shadow. I like Alec Baldwin in the Shadow. I enjoy the Shadow. Yeah, I like cheesy. I'm, I'm a glutton for fucking but geek the, shit. the spirit I could not choke down again. There's no way I could do that. Oh, you guys. Try it. I keep hearing people sighing and stuff. It's like just, they're right. It's horrible. It's like I just did something to your grandparents. Isn't the, isn't the Rocketeer one of the great underrated awesome. comic book movies of Absolutely. all time? Absolutely. That's what's making me psyched about Captain America is that it's Joe Johnston. Yeah, I think he's got a real shot at Rocketeer, especially because it's a period piece, which I love. Rocketeer is just fun. That's what. That's why it's one of the best comic. It's just fucking. It was really underappreciated. Flat out fun. Um, I really like Hellboy too. Yeah, know. yeah, I did. As too. far as my favorite comic book movies, I'm a big fan of the Blade flicks. The first two. Yeah, they were pretty good. Before it became like the Blade Street Boys, and they were just bringing <laughs> bringing other people in and shit with nicknames. Uh, so, folks, when we folks, uh, when people found out you were coming on the show, sir, I asked for some questions from the internet. Uh oh, let's see what we got here. Brian Lynch, who you folks may know, were uh, a good friend of ours who um, has a new who just re- wrote the movie Hop, which is the biggest movie of all time or something. I found out. It's and funny. I just had friends in town, and we went on the Universal Studios tour because that's what you do when you have friends who visit you in town in Los Angeles and you had nothing else to do but kill time. So I took them to Universal and they've got this thing on the tour. You know, you're on the tram and you're going to see King Kong and whatever. And they have the, uh, see how many times you can spot hop along the tram awesome. ride. And they've got like bunnies hidden in the grass and shit. I was like, really? Are you that desperate? You made $4 billion already. Now you have to try to subconsciously burn hop into Now they're going to switch to the voice. They're like, fine, CeeLo. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Why Christine Aguilar was fat ass. <laughs> but, uh, but Brian Lynch, who wrote Hop and has a new, um, a new uh, cartoon called Angry Naked Pat, which you all haven't seen if you can check out. He asked, um, please ask him about Joe Schmo. It's one of my favorite oh, shows ever. The Joe Schmo Show. Absolutely. Now, for those who don't know, you were the host of a of a fake reality show. I was the fake host of a fake reality show. You were the fake host show. of a fake reality show on, on uh, Spike. Spike, right? Spike TV. We were the first original show on Spike when it was a brand new network. So I remember the back show. Back in the 50s. I remember when the show came out. <laughs> back back when there were bunny ears and shit. Yes, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was the Dumont network. And, it was just Spike in the Crest yes. Hour or right. whatever. And an Indian in a uh, no, yeah. sign on the So what screen. was that like? You were the, you hosted for two seasons, right? Or? Yeah. So the second season was an abortion. It was horrible. But um, the first season was a great premise and could only have been done at that time because it was at the peak, really, of all the first-run... Uh, reality shows, the survivors and the big, big brothers, brother, and that the, kind yeah, of stuff. yeah, the original crop. And the premise was, for those who haven't seen it, is we took a guy, we we did a talent search across America, and we said, "Do you want to be on a reality show?" And we found this poor sucker in Pittsburgh who said yes. And he, we thought he thought he was going to be on a show called The Lap of Luxury, which was basically a Survivor Big Brother type show where everybody was living together in a mansion and they would do silly stunts and stuff to try to stay there. And the winner would win a couple hundred grand or something. What he didn't know is that we filled the house with improvisational comic actors playing other contestants and myself playing a Jeff Probst type host. And he thought the whole thing was on the up and up. He thought it was real. But the whole script, everything that was happening around him had been orchestrated and, and written down. And we played out this show for one person, basically, an audience of one. We played this whole thing out. And he thought it was real. And... 
it was one of the highlights of my career because it turned out really well, ba- basically because of him, but also because at the time we were doing what we thought was just outrageous shit. Like, he'll never going to believe this. We're going to make him put his hand on a stripper and keep it there, and he's going to get all embarrassed because she's a stripper, and that's going to be crazy. And now there's, like, shows you have to eat horse ass and stuff. And then, How quick can you abort a baby this yeah, week on Win It to Minute or there's whatever? There's so much on reality shows that we couldn't even have dreamed of pulling off because we thought it was too ridiculous. Yeah. So at the time, it was kind of cool and cutting edge, and people really dug it. For a basic cable show, by the time we had finished for the finale, where we revealed to him what was going on, and his head exploded, and he went immediately into therapy. Did he, um, was, did he, was he pissed? Uh, he initially wasn't pissed, because he was a, basically a really good guy. He was shocked, I think. He was pissed later. He was pissed after the fact. But he also got like $150,000. So he did get the money for He got like it, a yeah. big novelty check, you know, one of those big... <laughs> the big giant checks that giant, you probably Ed can't McMahon take comes to, to your bank, door yeah. checks, you know. So he couldn't be too pissed because he made a lot of money, more than any of the cast did. I'll tell you that much. And he wasn't the guy in the second season, or he was? No, he wasn't. You got a new guy? In? The second season, we decided to up the ante. We are going to get a guy and a girl. And by this time, it was a couple years later, uh, The Bachelor and Bachelorette shows okay, that were all yeah, the rage. Yeah. So we decided to do a romantic reality show where we filled the house full of six guys and six girls. And we had one ringer that was a guy and one uh, ringer that was a girl. And they thought it was real. But they had them, we had them competing for the love of these two people, this hot guy and girl in the show. And I was the host of that too, but I changed my character because they were afraid that they might have been one of the 17 that people who had the seen first the first one. one and they would recognize me. So they dyed my hair blonde and I grew a goatee <laughs> and they put b- blue contacts they in They put a voice modulator deep. chip in I did a British chip. accent. It was just, it was, it was horrible on every level and it was not a success. That's but. funny. Well, speaking of accents, uh, Sean Crocker on Twitter asks, uh, do you have any impressions you'd like to do more often but are too obscure for regular use? Oh, is there anyone you do by yourself that, that no one else would get? Well, that would be sad if I just I mean, sat in a room doing voices by myself. Oh, yeah. It would be awful and horrible. No one. Um, you know, Smith is pretty good when we do Babylon. He lets me get away with most you of rock my, some random, my yeah. random obscure ones. The one that's just kind of taken off lately, which I never thought would, was my Ed Wynn impression. <laughs> Ed Wynn, for those of you who don't know, was an old radio star. Who had a bit of a movie career towards the end of his life. He was, he was the voice of the Mad Hatter in Disney's Alice in Wonderland and he did Mary Poppins and a couple other things. And, uh, I don't even know how it came up, but I've always done it for friends because they thought it was funny, but I never thought he was, uh, you know, recognizable enough to ever break out for any professional reason. <laughs> and so one day we're doing battle for some reason. Oh my goodness, they just came out of nowhere. <laughs> and we started doing it. And don't you know, it was a big success. <laughs> And uh, people went crazy for it. And I did Dudley Moore once on the show. I remember. I think, that was, I, was, I think that was here, It actually. may have been. Yeah. And Kevin was like, oh, way to go, old man, doing old voices. And I was like, Dudley Moore? People have to know. If they don't know who Dudley Moore, they fucking should know who Dudley Moore is. So uh, that was pretty He's obscure. Russell Brand's uncle or something, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you ever seen any of the, uh, the uh, this is an old comedy nerd thing, but if you've never heard um, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore do any of their routines. I have, absolutely, yeah. Fucking great, great stuff. This is before Arthur or Ten or anything else that he did as a movie actor. Just great sketch and improv comedy. I mean, were, they weren't involved with the goons at all, right? No, but that's they came way after before. the goons. They came after, but they but were, they were similar, along was, that line. The they next were, kind of they were in between Python and the goons. Because I think they worked with Frost and, and Cleese and all around that same kind of thing. It was all the same sort of that graduating camp. class. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, man. Yeah. But I did uh, Cesar Romero's The Joker once on the show. 
and uh, got a little love for that. That was pretty obscure. That's one I've been doing for a long time. What's your favorite impression that like you? Because th- for for those of you who don't know, I'm sure every single person listening listens to Babylon and, and is a huge fan of Ralph to, to begin with. But if they don't know, Ralph is an incredible uh, impersonator. I'm really not. You're pretty fucking no, I'm good, not, It's man. not false modesty. I really don't do voices that well. There's a lot of impersonators. Your Harrison work. Ford made me cry literally well, every that's time. that's the thing. There's a lot of guys in the business who do voices spot on fucking amazing. I try to make them as funny as I can. That's and people different. give you a yeah. lot of leeway if you can entertain them with a voice. And they say, it doesn't really sound like him, but it, it's a good time. Well, so it's we'll, like we every- won't throw fruit at him or something, you know? Everyone does a Schwarzenegger. Everyone does a walk-in. Like, I've never heard a later-day Harrison Ford before, that sort of thing. You yeah, know what I mean? that just came out. I was watching him do a press junket. And I was like, he has stopped talking. He has just given up. He's lost the will to live. <laughs> he, he, can, he, can, he can bring up the energy in a movie a little bit, but if you talk to him one-on-one, it's just, he doesn't want to be there. It's just that earring and fucking... <laughs> um, um, when we were working on the film, I just... Uh... I just, I just, I realized it's Stephen. I didn't realize him. You know, Indiana Jones, you're gonna bring it back. You know, and that's the man. Tapers off. That's like the hero of my childhood. Yeah, give it up. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Remember when he used to be awake? Remember when he was awesome? Yeah. Oh man. Um, who? Have you ever? Is there anyone you wish you could impersonate that you've you've been working on but never been able to nail? Boy, yes, tons. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of people that would come in very handy if I could impersonate. I've been trying to work on a Morgan Freeman lately because I think his voice is so cool, and I just cannot get it down. It's, so, it's a real work. In there's progress. this guy on the internet who does an incredible Freeman, but he does Morgan Freeman doing like the lyrics from the Ducktales theme song. <laughs> so it's like life is like a hurricane here in Darkburg, like that kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. My name is Morgan Freeman. Like I said, it's a work in progress. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, speaking of uh, comics, again, B. D. Shays asked, which Robin would, would Ralph like to be if he could be any Robin? Uh, I think you Dick, right? Dick, you answered Dick. it. Dick. Oh, I love Dick. My thing is, I would like to be... <laughs> Shit, did I say that out loud? Uh, no, Dick Grayson is the only Robin to me. All the other ones, it's just... I think a character gets diminished the more versions you get of him. You know? I always thought that... Um, I mean, by the time you get to Drake, it's Dick. Dr- Tim Drake is is Dick Grayson. There's yes. really no difference in those characters. Right. They're, you know what I mean? The, the origins are a bit different, but they're kind of the same person. Uh, whereas Jason Todd was was I kind of might be my favorite Robin. And I know really? that I know that's like heresy to say, but it was something different. He was like, a prick though. He was a fucking asshole. Yeah, but it's like you might be if some old rich weirdo snatched you up and and was like, "You're my boy now." Yeah, I know he was a bit of a street <laughs> kid and all. I got the origin, but it just didn't. It wasn't a pleasure to read him. Like it's not a pleasure for me to read Damien either. I don't I, like that kid. I want to spend any time with him every month. You know? I'm amazed that they've accepted. That was an impression of someone who couldn't talk. I'm uh, I'm amazed that they've accepted Damien as much as they have in the book. Like, he literally, like, kind of murders people. It's yeah. Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes with knives and a cowl. And I have a problem now with the, the way they've adjusted the mythology and stuff where somehow Dick and Bruce are the same age. That always bothers me a little bit. He used to be Dick was 10 and this guy was 27. Now, Dick is 27, this guy's 29. I don't know what the happened. The age but. thing was always weird. In my mind, and I know people have always given me shit for this, but, like, I think Superman, Batman are in their late 40s, early 50s. Like, really? And I, because that's what, they're the fucking, they're the parents of that universe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, when I, I did, when I did the math once, I put, I put Bruce at, like, probably 45. I would say Dick is, like, 
30 now. Tim Drake's got to be what? Like 22? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, they can't never age, right? They don't. And that's what bothers me. You can't adjust some characters and not that's others. That's what I mean. Cause some, cause he was a kid. Dick Grayson was a kid and now right. he's definitely not a kid anymore. No, so now he's a man. And I think a lot of times they do it just for desperation factor. I think they run out of ideas for stories. And so the first go-to is let's start fucking with the characters. Let's change his costume. Let's kill him off. Let's make him. I old. mean, Spider-Man has had 12 costumes this year. Yeah. It's and so I, funny. and I love, I love Dan Slott. Did I really dug the stuff he did with the Spidey book? But like now that he's in the fantastic foreign shit and it's a white, I, I don't think the costume's going to make me like that character again. You know what I mean? And Darkest uh, Night, Brightest Day, that John's book, as much as I like him as a writer, that is really, it's almost a parody of that whole world where it's like, Hawkman is back and now he's dead. And Aquaman is back, but he's now dead I mean, too. Yeah. Dead Man's back, but he's alive. And now it's like, really? Okay. It's just roulette. They just spin a wheel and the next They're character just picking, dies. I mean, but, and they've been doing, like, uh, Barry uh, Allen came back recently. Barry's back, yeah. And I realized he'd been dead before I was born, man. Like, was it really? He died before 1980. I think, when was wow. that crisis? Yeah, so he was dead my entire fucking lifespan. That was wow. one they stuck with, I feel like. You're much younger than you look. I am. I'm 26. Wow. So, yeah. You I'm, look a, I'm older. a baby. You yeah. Look older. I, that's the luck of the Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the luck of the Irish, I think that had involves like gold and like wow, shillelaghs. I can't believe Barry was dead for that long. Yeah, I Barry was dead. him when that went. He was like, that was the, that was the first big one. I like, was the big, the big Flash one. Flash died. I was like, what? That can't be. And the only one they came to keep, like, I think Batman and Captain America were both dead for outside of six months, and they both, like, had to travel through time to get back. Yeah. I feel like there was a, a writer meeting there. But, uh, let's see here. We got another question for you, sir. Alicia Puck Vickery. I don't know if Puck's her real middle name. Puck? Puck. Like a hockey puck. Hmm. It's interesting. As someone interested in voice acting and doing voices, I would like to know more about how he develops. Do you have any tips or tricks? Like when, when let's do you, is if you pick a new, let's say there's a new actor out that you like, and you're like, I would like to, I'd like to be able to do that, dude. Do you ever like study them? Do you do you listen to tape ever? I again, I am not a really good in, impersonator or impressionist, so I usually have to find people that fall within my vocal range, whatever that is, and. uh if someone is outside of that, I could work all day and not get there. So when it comes to impressions, there have to, has to be someone that I can sort of, you know, someone who has the same timber to my voice or, or somewhere in the same range so, so I don't sound like a Can you do asshole. any chicks other than like Kathleen Turner then? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't <laughs> but I'm sure you can do a mean Kathleen Turner. With, yeah. The only one I can do is sort of out of my range is Pee Wee just because I was such a huge fan. I watched so many episodes. Can you do Pee Wee? <laughs> yeah, I can do it pretty well. Uh, why don't you do me? <laughs> That's awesome. Like, I would... He is way out of my range, but that, that one comes along just because I know the, the You're like the ultimate so well. party trick, man. Like, you do that shit with your voice. Like, look how happy you just made everyone. My That's true. They're all drunk, though. Look at them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But in terms of voice work in general, a lot of people... Because I do uh, Family Guy, I do voices on that. I do voices for um, other animated projects and commercials and stuff like that. And it's a hard gig to get, but once you start working, it's it's sweet because the, the work is pretty easy and the pay is pretty good. So a lot of people ask me questions, how do you get into voiceover work? And the key is just, uh, there are classes out there that are worth taking, but it's just doing it. But, you know, start recording yourself. Do as many different kinds of voices and many different styles as you can and uh, create a, a range of characters, older characters, younger characters, male, female, and then... You'd be surprised how easy it is to get a voiceover agent because voiceover agencies tend to um, – they, they have a shotgun approach to getting any job. They've got a 100 clients on their uh, in their stable that may be right for any one role, and they'll 
lay them all down and send them off to the producers and see maybe one of them will get the gig. So it's know? just a matter of so they're, they're a lot more apt to take on new talent than say a, you know an acting agent is or, or or writing agent or something like that. So the work can be had. You just got to put a little put a little elbow grease. And in you there. see you seem to get fun voiceover stuff. I remember the first time I met a kid. I was at a sketch writing class in New York, and I, uh, this kid was like. I'm a voiceover artist for a living. And I was like, get the fuck out. That's amazing, dude. You play like Nazi raccoons and like effeminate sharks. He's like, no, I do like Tylenol shit. He's like, I, I do my voice. Well, I'm there like, are some guys who boring. have the voice, you know, and that they do a lot of spokesperson stuff and announcer stuff. I never had that. I want to play like an anthropomorphic broccoli man who's like, I'm late for the dinner. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how that broccoli man would talk, guys. He would, because they're always know, late. Broccoli. I don't know where he's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't find my car keys. You know, he's a little Scottish or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Broccoli Man's a good guy. So, what, what, anything you have looking forward to, geek wise, sir, coming up this summer? What's what's what are your what's your top three things you're looking forward to? Uh, we've got Green Lantern in June. That's for sure. Uh, the Comic Con in July, always one Absolutely. of my favorite San Diego's times of a the good year. Time. San Diego's a great time. And for me personally, I'm going off to Boston in June to film uh, Seth MacFarlane's first movie. Oh, the um, the teddy bear, Ted. Movie, right? It's called Ted. Yeah. And so uh, Seth was kind enough because we've worked together for years on Family Guy. He's given me a role in that film, so That's I'm awesome, going to be man. there for that. And uh, I'm looking forward to shooting that because you all over the big screens this year, man. Yeah, between Red State From and Red Ted. State to Ted, yeah. I've become a real live actor. I'm like <laughs> Pinocchio. I've become a real live boy somehow. <laughs> And you know who else is a real live boy? Ladies and gentlemen, you know him and love him. Amidst episode 100, we thought we'd let him do his thing for a minute. Please welcome Brendo Man in a Brendo Man Minute. Wow, thank you. Thanks, guys. We're not allowed to talk to him during this. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say that it's, it's really crazy being here, um, considering the 100th episode. Um, it was, how many years ago was it? Two, three years ago? Three years ago, I was sitting in a car with Matt. Um, we we're going to Disneyland and, uh, and one of our many crazy Disneyland trips. I'm not allowed to talk, but don't paint me like any kind of weirdo, alright? Alright. We we're going to Disneyland to ride only Space Mountain. Okay, guys? Well, we go to, to Disneyland. It's fun. I like going to Disneyland. Um, so, so Matt's like, Jesse and I recorded a podcast. Do you want to listen to it? And we listened to it in the car, and I was like, it's pretty good. Um, never in my wildest dreams did I think that that podcast would lead to me sitting on a stage, talking to people, um, meeting Ralph Garman, you know, like, just cool shit. And, um, and so it's been a lot of fun, and I'm gonna miss Smodcastle a lot, and it's been great being part of Bagged and Boarded. Um, and uh and I'm glad to be here. So I just wanted to thank Matt and for the opportunity and you guys for coming out to the shows. It's been fun being your doorman, your uh guy doing random shit, stamping hands, telling you where the bathroom is, <laughs> things like that. Um I did get some questions from Twitter, so thanks for Twitter for saving me um because I did not come quite prepared for this Brendo Man Minute 100. It's not my 100th minute. It's probably like my 40th minute, maybe. Um, so somebody asked me, Dr. Patches asked me on Twitter, they asked me if I could choose between two things, one of them being seeing the Spice Girls in their prime or being a writer on 90210. And 
since I did see the Spice Girls, unfortunately, it's Sophie's choice. If I it ever was, heard it's one. my it's my Sophie's choice, you know. But I did since I did get to see the Spice Girls not quite in their prime. I saw them right after Ginger left, so they wasn't as good. Um, I would have to choose. I still would have to choose. Um, being a writer on 90210, that would kind of be my dream job. And I feel like, especially the new 90210, I could write whatever shit I wanted to write and it would get made into a television show. Cause, like, that show's fucking crazy. Um, I didn't get to do a 90210 minute this week because we already recorded Popsicles. Which, by the way, is, um, Derek, Derek, DJ D-Rock and I do a podcast called Popsicles. You should check it out. Popsicles Podcast. Dot com. If you don't already listen to it, you should. Um, so that show is so fucking nuts. Like this week, there was um, these two girls hate each other. So one of the girls took her. Um, Are you doing a fucking nine hundred two and zero minute on bagged and ball? Save that shit for popsicle, sir. I didn't get to do it this week. Well, you week. don't get to do it right here. Well, man. I, this goes into my story. Yeah, but your fans listen to nine hundred two and zero. I'm fucking... telling my minute. I'm not even. I didn't. Am I done? How long's your minute? That's really, what I'm though. saying. I, I feel like get three I minutes. feel like you stole an extra minute to put your nine hundred two and zero minute three. in there. You give me three usually. Do you really want to talk about nine hundred two and zero right now? Well, I just wanted to say that show is crazy. I could write anything in it this week a girl like got her pain meds stolen and then like dyed her hair red and was running around town you're watching um, Lindsay lohan's bio it's basically <laughs> so i think that's what they're doing they're cribbing Lindsay lohan's life and putting it in the show so it'd be a great job it'd be a cake job i could just be like this week silver is going to um you're using real cake. names of characters oh you're totally stealing this you're you are doing the minute he has to talk about 90210. I was, I'm answering a question obligated. I asked on I'm Twitter. I'm That's kidding, what dude. I did. I'm kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Brando, I love you, sir. Thank well, you for being here. Well, thank you, Dr. Patches, for your question. Um, and thanks, Matt. Dude, for no worries, man. And thank you, thank you for, for standing by and, uh, for, for joining me here for this Modcastle run. Well, it's every, a pleasure to be here. I everyone, felt, as always. Felt appropriate. I thought you just said fuck something. I thought you said. <laughs> Like fuck the something, and I was I'm sensing a little oh. tension here between you two. I what's mean, going on here? It's like it's like Martin and Lewis getting back together again. It, or something. I don't know what's it's happening. It's a little weird. It, it's it's a little. I, you guys okay? I just came off the flubber set. Are yeah, we I'm all right. good? I'm all right. I'm all right. Okay. We're more than good. Brendo, thank you very much, brother. Thank you. Everybody, check out Popsicles uh, popsiclespodcast.com. Brendoman.com. Brendoman on Twitter and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Brendo, it's been an honor and a pleasure having you as part of this show, sir. I had a really quick question for you. Hit me. Um, are you, you're going to be at Anaheim Comic Con on Saturday. I am, yeah. So if they're listening to us, they should come to Anaheim Comic Con. Yes, if you guys are in... Because I'll be there too. You're just grabbing the plugs, man. But you will be there as you well. You realize you were on this show for like 40 episodes. All right, yeah. yes. And on this weekend, folks, if you're in the LA area, Brendo uh I'm excited myself, to go to your live bagged and boarded thank episode. Thank you, sir. We will both be at the Anaheim Wizard World Convention, and you could, you could do that. Brendo will tell you all about 90210. If you want to come to my table and talk about 90210, we can do that. Make it a mission? Yes. Uh, Ralph, do you have any thoughts on 90210? I don't. I was a Melrose Place man myself, so. <laughs> also awesome. It's all lost on me. Very cool. I did like the new Melrose Place, though. I was a fan. Is that yeah, I was Ashley sad Simpson it went away. One? I was sad it went away, too. Katie Brent. Cassidy was really great in that. She's way hot, too. She's in Gossip Girl now. Yeah, I know. It's not the same. You no. two can fucking do it. See, and I it had Ashley Simpson was insane on that show. 
in she terms of by insane you mean a horrible actress horrible yes. and just like it was her character was ridiculous yeah i'd get drunk and laugh at her on a weekly basis coming yeah. next week ashley simpson is my guest oh and, uh, no see oh you so bad you now. guys <laughs> uh ralph thank you so much sir you've got a lot going on Folks are we done is you. it over already you want to do a little more we well, can no. do a little more no i just it went by so quickly it's it was been, such, a, such been, a pleasure it's been a uh, it, uh, time flies when you're having fun. It Look, does. The 90210 shit fucking <laughs> seeped into my brain. I'm trying to get back on some kind of a track. They all now. perked up the minute they heard 90210. I'll tell I you mean, that. Much. We got the audience going, but how's that effect on you? Ooh. Trying to find the thread here. Yeah. Um, Dude, thank you so much, Ralph. Honestly, it's, man, it's, it's I mean, an honor, a pleasure, and again, congratulations on a hundred shows. That no, dude, thank you, and 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 uh, and, thank- and people don't know. Back in the day when we started doing Babylon here, Hollywood Babylon, with me and Smith, uh, Matt was the guy who used to run all the audio, and and he would record the show for us, and he made it possible for everything that came after that. Uh, of course, we're now with the John Lovitz Comedy Club that you can come to on Saturday nights at ten o'clock, and you can go to babylonralph.com if you want to buy tickets. Or Babylon Kev. And, um, but it all started here, and if it hadn't been for your hard work and helping us out and doing what we did, we wouldn't have uh, been able to move on up and, and do other it, stuff. Sir. So no, thank no, no, you. No. It's, it's my pleasure, and it's great to see you again. Definitely appreciate it. You're a gentleman and a scholar, man, and I know, I know you, uh, you've been wanting to talk geek, so I hope, I hope this was a fun. It was a blast. I had a, I had a great time. I thought when I started doing a podcast with Kevin Smith, that I would get the opportunity to geek out, but even even in that circumstance, people want to hear real showbiz news and stuff. And See what happens. So. But, but there's the darker side of geeking out. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. But maybe Sometimes. on the Sir Network, maybe there's a show yet to be born where uh, I'll get to be able to uh, talk geek stuff. Very cool, everything. man. Very yeah. cool. So we look forward to that. Everyone, uh, check you out on Twitter at uh, at, at Ralph, Ralph Garman. Garman. And yeah. of course. Everyone listen to the amazing Hollywood Babylon, which was birthed at this very theater. It was. And uh, Ralph, thank you so much for being here, man. It's an it was, honor. It was thank a pleasure, you, dude. Congratulations. Thank you. thank you, everybody, for coming out tonight. Uh, 100 episodes in the can. Technically 102, but I don't, I, I don't tell people that because it doesn't sound as impressive. I did two movie commentaries that weren't numbered. You're a lion I know, shit. right? I was all emotional being here on the hundredth episode and everything. It doesn't even count. There was a Beetlejuice. No, this is episode one hundred though, and um, and folks, honestly, I never, I never thought I would get to episode ten, let alone one hundred. I'm not a very uh, productive person, but this show has become my life in the last few years, and I, I couldn't thank you all enough, honestly. Um, I really didn't have many friends in fucking high school, and the fact that like people <laughs> want to hear me talk about shit kind of make things okay in my adult life. You know what I mean? That's a weird message to kids out there. Like, hold on a little bit, then get a podcast and just talk about random shit and you might get a little bit of validation going. Um, but, but honestly, I never thought people would want to hear me talk about anything, let alone the shit I talk about on this fucking show. So, uh, you guys are the best and, uh, a hundred episodes in the can. I hope to do a hundred more. And, uh, on that very, very, very serious note, I'm going to make a joke about blowjobs. No, I'm not. Um, it's been real, folks. I Honestly, here's to 100 more episodes. I'm Matt Cohen. It's been baked and boarded. It's been real. What? Thank you. folks and i am back for a little bit of pimp corner action thank you guys for checking out bagged and border 100 with our illustrious guest mr ralph garman as always you could check ralph out on a weekly basis 
on Hollywood Babylon with Mr. Kevin Smith on the Smodcast Network and performed live in Los Angeles at the John Lovitz Podcast Theater. Check out Babylon Kev or Babylon Ralph for more info and make sure to follow Ralph on Twitter at, at Ralph Garman and to check him out every day of the week on the Kevin and Bean Morning Show here in Los Angeles on K-Rock. For more Brendo Man, you can check out his podcast with Derek Armijo, Popsicles, at popsiclespodcast.com. Follow him on Twitter at Brendo Man or check out his comic, BraxComic.com. All right, folks, the important one. For more of fucking me, yeah, that's what I thought, check me out on Twitter at at CamelToad, at Smodcastle. As always, Bagged and Boarded is brought to you by the fine folks at Golden Apple Comics and GoldenAppleComics.com and the Smodcast Network. To find me on the web, check out CamelToadProductions.com and BaggedBoarded.com. And if you've got anything to contribute to the show, questions, nude pics, uh... Questions about nude pics, email all your stuff to baggedandboarded at yahoo.com. Also, if you folks are in the LA area, and it is this weekend, uh, Wizard World Anaheim, I'm there. Come say bye and hi. Say both. Say hi first and then say bye. Come on, you wacky. And uh, if you're in town on May 7th, come down to Golden Apple Comics for free comic book day. We'll be podcasting with the likes of Robert Kirkman, Jason Howard, uh, Check out from Saturday from Saturday Night Live. No, he's from that too. No, from Star Trek. Um, Walter Koenig will be there, and our good friend Mark and Draco from the True Blood comic. Other than that, folks, uh, we got the Camel Toad Bagged and Boarded store launching next week. There will be details on the next episode of Bagged and Boarded. And again, you can follow me on Twitter at Camel Toad for all the latest updates in my neck of the woods. Ladies and gentlemen, stay sexy, stay safe. And remember to keep it bagged and boarded. I'm Matt Cohen. See you guys next time. Find more funny shit like this at Smodcast.com. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Jen Schwalbach. And here's what's happening every day at Smodcast.com. On Sunday, it's me and Scott Mosier doing the original Smodcast. On Mondays, it's Hollywood Babylon with Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman. On Tuesdays, it's Blowhard with Malcolm Ingram. Also on Tuesday, my personal favorite, Plus One. That's the one where you and I talk. That is. And you get naked. <laughs> on Wednesdays, it's me and Jason Muse doing Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. On Thursdays, it's Puck Nuts with Walt Flanagan, Ming Chen, and Brian Johnson. And don't forget Sunday Jeff. And then on Friday, they lose Sunday Jeff, and it's just Walt Flanagan, Brian Johnson, and Brian Quinn, and sometimes Ming Chen taking some abuse on Tell em Steve Dave. On Saturdays, it's Red State of the Union. Highlands, a peephole history. One of the shows iTunes chose one of the best podcasts of 2010. Smarriage at Smodcastle, one of my favorites. That's where I actually become Rev Kev and marry motherfuckers. We sit down, interview them, find out about their entire lives. At the end of it, they're literally married. And all of it's free. Don't cost you a dime. Seven days a week, we bring you the free funny. Nice. You sound like a pitch person there, man. What else can you sell me? Show me a little boob. I'll buy. <sighs> Smartguest.com. <laughs>